does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Jake, quite the weekend for the Boilers. They're traveling back right now to West Lafayette from their win of the Phil Knight Legacy Classic. That is double-digit wins over West Virginia, Gonzaga, and Duke. They closed that Duke game. I don't think Duke scored in the final, like, six or seven minutes of that game. Um, And then the day prior, I I guess we got to go back to Friday, Nebraska holds on to beat Iowa. And that allows Purdue to face a win and go to the Big Ten title game with Indiana. They're down at half. Devin Mockaby, Charlie Jones, Aiden O'Connell and company outstanding in the second half. The Dexter Williams injury, which you just hated to see for Indiana, certainly played a role. But Purdue wins that one kind of going away in the fourth quarter. Quite a weekend for Purdue fans. And Bob Kravitz was covering it uh, all weekend long with The Athletic. Do we have Bob, by the way, Mark? Okay, uh, Bob's going to join us in a couple of minutes. And, you know, I talked to Bob yesterday, and we were talking primarily about the bucket game. And then it, as I was talking to him, he's like, hey, man, they just went on an 11 nothing run against Duke. I'm like, holy cow. Like, it just – it was a really good weekend, unquestionably. A really good weekend for them um, athletically. And, and, Kevin, you made an interesting point. I mean, Michigan's going to be the heavy favorite. I don't know what the early line is in that game, but – Fifteen and a half, you say, Mark? You know, I've always said, why not Indiana? How about why not Purdue, right? Why not Purdue? Just, you know, uh, apply some game pressure. I, I mean, it's not like Michigan fans are going to be paying out the wazoo to come down to Indianapolis for that game, but I'd assume that will be a heavy Purdue contingent inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah. I mean, if, I you're, mean, a, if you're an Ohio State fan and you had tickets to that game, you're going to sell them to the old boiler faithful before you sell, correct. sell them. Correct. And there are a lot of Ohio State fans that I'm <laughs> Last year when Michigan played, was it Iowa they played? Yeah. They Big Ten title game? Smoked them. Like an hour before the game was to kick off, a buddy of mine who's an Ohio State fan is like, you want to go to the Big Ten championship game? And I'm like, what? Well, I got a suite. <laughs> I bought a suite like six weeks ago, and I've got to like fill it up with ten people. You know, da, da, da. you want to go? And I, I couldn't go, but – um you know, it'll be – listen, it'll be a lot of fun this weekend. I mean, whether you're an Indiana fan, Ohio State fan, whatever it is, come downtown and enjoy it and go to the bars and, and enjoy the crowds and just have fun with it. It's festive. It's great. Andrew goes, as a Purdue fan, I don't ever want to hear about how they never get local radio airtime. Love the coverage today. Boiler up. Yeah, I mean, somebody – here's the thing. Somebody sent a thing calling us out that we've never talked about Purdue before, and I'm like, well, that's clearly somebody that's not listening. I'm wearing a Purdue hat today for crying out loud. And, again, credit to Purdue for, you know, not forcing us, but providing such an opportunity to talk totally. about them. I, last night we were talking about it because, I, you know, the three of us obviously have texts where we talk about and plan out what the show's going to be, and the Colts are playing tonight. Yes, Monday Night Football. The and Pacers like, played yesterday. We, we the Pacers Purdue, are playing right? the Lakers tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare, I think, just to have a college storyline, you know, supersede what's happening professionally when the Colts and the Pacers are in the midst of their own season. Like you said, Monday Night Football, Jake, Pacers, Lakers tonight. But that is what Purdue did this weekend. And to talk more about that, Bob Kravitz joins us right now from the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Bob, if you don't mind, just a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Um, with you at the bucket game, uh, we played the clip 
from you and Jeff Brom a little bit earlier in that postgame press conference. Um, like, when did you find out about the Aiden O'Connell news and, and just how that entire storyline played out for you? Yeah, uh, well, I noticed that uh, Aiden was very emotional on the sideline. And uh, I went to the game, and I, w- I went downstairs. And as I was walking, I, uh, I walked by their, their team uh, chaplain, uh, Marty Dittmar. And I said, what was that all about? And he said, well, I'll let, I'll let uh, Aiden, you know, share that. But he said, it's, it's an unbelievable story. It's unbelievable that he played on Saturday. Um, and then, of course, you know, I asked Jeff Brom about it, and he got very emotional. So I knew that there was a family uh, tragedy involved. Um, I found out later uh, as I was writing what exactly happened that he lost his uh, older brother, I believe it was. Um, I decided not to write it because it was my understanding that Aiden was going to uh, uh, put out a statement the very next day. And uh, that's just one of those where you make kind of a professional decision. Uh, You know, it's not like Andrew Luck retiring and you got to get it out there. I just felt, uh, I felt that I should let him make that announcement. And so I kept it under my hat and um, just kind of let it go from there. Bob, as somebody who was there, was it, I mean, you had mentioned that, you know, you kind of had an inkling, but could you, could you kind of feel in the in the atmosphere of the postgame with Purdue and what should have been obviously this overwhelming celebration? Um, you know how how noticeable was kind of that you know this this obviously tragic cloud that was hanging there. Well, I mean the, the players, you know, we 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 actually got kind of lost walking downstairs. Uh, they changed where the visitors uh, do their press conference at least since I've been there last which has been a long time. And, uh, you know, the players were like, you know, kids at Christmas morning diving into their hats and shirts. It really wasn't until I, I, I touched base with uh, the, uh, with, with the uh, chaplain and then, and then conversed, uh, asked the question of, of Brahm, and he got very, uh, very emotional so, you know, and he made it clear that there was a family situation that he didn't want to talk about. So, you know, I guess I guess I could have done something different with it, but I just felt I felt uncomfortable knowing that he was going to make an announcement. I didn't want to step on that. Yeah, I thought you handled it beautifully. Bob Kravitz with us here from The Athletic on the Payless Liquors Hotline. The other big Purdue news from this past weekend is what they did out in Portland on the basketball floor. A pretty dominant beating West Virginia, Gonzaga, and Duke. You look at this December slate, I mean, there's a good chance they honestly will start January undefeated. But if you kind of had to sum up why you think Matt Painter has been able to sustain a high level, I mean, routine, top of the Big Ten, top five seed in the tournament amidst, you know, just the inevitable roster turnover you have, how would you kind of summarize that? He gets guys who fit. You know, if you go back a couple of years, and I remember talking to Matt about this, you go back a couple of years when they were really struggling for about two, three years there, he was going for the big talents with with the four stars and the five stars, and it didn't work out. They were terrible, and a lot of players left the program because they couldn't handle, you know, Matt. Matt's not an easy guy to play for, and 
That's what makes him great. I think he's gotten back to getting guys who fit the Purdue culture, who want to be there for a long time, who uh, play selfless basketball. Now, you know, I, I love what Purdue is doing, but correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they show out early last year in all these tournaments and then they failed to win the Big Ten regular season. They failed to win the Big Ten tournament, and they got knocked out by St. Peter's in the NCAA tournament. So I would say give it some time. I mean, they're a wonderful team to watch, uh, and they just annihilated uh, Duke and Gonzaga. I thought they just outclassed them in every conceivable manner. But We've seen this. I, I, am I right about last year? Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, you know they beat Nova in uh, Carolina. I, literally, I got, right. a, I got a text here that says, what we have to remember is that last year, Purdue played like this against North Carolina and Villanova, but we did not right. play well in the tournament. Yep. But again, no one thought they would do what they did in Portland. People thought they would do what they did last year in November. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Fletcher Lawyer and, and, and uh, Braden Smith, I mean, Braden Smith is, is so much fun to watch. I mean, and he's another guy that, you know, I, I don't know uh, that he had a lot of uh, a lot of offers, you know. But you look at Zach Eady. Zach Eady was ranked like number 500 in the country as far as, as, far as uh, you know, fre- incoming freshmen. And look at him now. I mean, he's a stud. So I, I just think that I think Painter and his staff have a good sense of what kind of player both physically and, and personally will fit in that program. And he's got it, he's got it working beautifully now. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Bob, the reality is when it comes to uh, going back to the bucket game, by the way, you know, there are two local teams that are in that game. So might as well do a buy one, get one here in terms of the coverage or the analysis of it from the Indiana side. Um, look, I'll be blunt. I'll be blunt because I've said it on this show before. Uh, Tom Allen ain't it, in my opinion, for Indiana. And and I think he's a wonderful guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a really nice guy. I think he's a, probably a, a really good influence on young people. But in terms of coaching a football team the big 10 network showed before the game tom allen addressing the indiana football team and i'm not in the locker room don't get me wrong but i'm watching it and i'm watching him parade up and down and i'm looking at the body language of the players and it looked to me like a bunch of players that were like oh my gosh dude just wrap it up and, yeah and they just there were i actually saw an eye roll i mean they can they pan the camera and you can see one player rolling his eyes a has tom allen lost the team and b is it time for Indiana to move on? The problem is twenty million bucks, right? The the the, uh, the buyout is twenty million, but you know, I I did not think that they would buy out Archie, especially toward the end of a pandemic. Different somebody, sport and different priority of the university, though, right? Right. No, I I understand that, um, but that that's another reason because it's a, such a high priority. Basketball is. Somebody stepped up. I don't think Tom Allen is out. <clears throat> I think Tom Allen will get another year. The, you know, I thought he hurt himself. I don't know if you guys heard it um, during his radio show. He went on for about 10 minutes straight. It was just a filibuster about how the NIL is killing Indiana. Well, here's what I and said, while, Bob. What I said about that? that, 
sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but but you tell me if you agree with this. My thought was because Tom Allen's talking about how Indiana doesn't have the funds or the commitment for NIL that like an Ohio State does and whatever else. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, you better be careful what you wish for because if Indiana was willing to raise and capable of raising tens of millions of dollars, it ain't going to NIL. It's going to buy you out. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, uh, look, I mean, how, how has Purdue done it? I mean, I, I do not know the answer to this, but does Purdue, which has gone, won eight games, in, uh, eight games two, two years in a row, uh, for the first time since ninety seven, ninety eight, are they doing that much better in the NIL funds than Indiana? And I asked that question not knowing the answer. Yeah, but they're winning. Yeah, and, and again, a, NIL is still new. I mean, Purdue established, right. and obviously, Aiden O'Connell wouldn't even be sniffed from an NIL standpoint right. when he came out of high school. And what they've done with the with the transfer portal, I think, helps. But I mean, certainly, Jeff Brom is a better head coach. Than Tom Allen, so I think was Tom Allen right with you know a large chunk of what he said nil wise? Yes, but also you've got to get your program to a level of at least acceptable ground before you even then entertain the thought of okay, the next level nil wise um, takes you from you know five win Big Ten team to seven or eight win Big Ten team. I just think I think the COVID year was was Tom Allen was the perfect guy for a year when players were looking for anything to get out of their dorm rooms and go play football. Um, and I just don't think he has that luxury that he had back then. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's going to be kind of a tough call. I mean, uh, again, the buyout is, is, you know, it's, I guess it's doable. I mean, somebody has got to check somewhere. Um, I would agree with you. I mean, they, this is two years in a row where he said, you know, let's find out what we're really about. We found out what they're really about. They're a four-five win team, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mess. I I do not know what Dolson does in this situation. Yeah, again, I just don't think you got enough boosters that care about IU football to that level. Uh, Bob Kravitz again, he is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Bob, looking ahead to tonight, Colts and Steelers. Um, we're now what almost a month, I guess a little bit less than a month into the Jeff Saturday era. Um, do you think he's more of a legit permanent head coaching candidate now than maybe you thought three or four Mondays ago? Oh, probably just because they played they played really well against the Raiders and they played well enough to uh, almost beat the uh, beat the Eagles, who are clearly the best team in the in the league. So, uh, yeah, I think he, you know he's more of a candidate now. Let's see how it goes. You know, I mean, they got an easy game. Not an easy game. They're playing an equally bad team tonight. But then they've got, I don't have it in order, but they got at Minnesota, at the Giants, at the Vikings. Uh, the at Dallas. Here. Yeah, so Dallas. So, I mean, it's going to be a real tough road to hope for them coming down the stretch. Um, I, you know, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll throw a name out there. Coming in this week with uh, with Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, which leads me to this, Bob. Is yeah. that an Ursay? Can, can, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Interject there. Is that a Jim Ursay? Always been fond of Jim Harbaugh from that sense. I that's my understanding is that he's always been a big Jim Harbaugh fan. But you know, we haven't uh, we haven't had that discussion in in, in recent times. You know, once the season is over, I'll start doing that reporting. But 
Uh, I'm just looking at guys who might be – you got to know that Jim Irsay wants to make a big splash. And, you know, that doesn't mean uh, a guy who's an offensive coordinator uh, or a defensive coordinator that nobody's ever heard of. I think he wants to make a splash, especially after the way he screwed up this whole situation this year. And, uh, you know, I I wonder about Jim Harbaugh who's in the ring of honor who has – um, made it clear that he he wants back with uh, in the NFL. So I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there. So I'm not saying he's a, he's a candidate, but he's somebody I would certainly think about. So Bob, let's let's go with a hypothetical here. It's one year from now. The Colts are getting ready to play on Monday Night Football. You are on our show, assuming that we're still doing a show, and <laughs> and I ask you about it. And you say, you know, I talked to Jim Harbaugh about that yesterday, and he was talking about how he was really happy with the way their quarterback is playing. And, in fact, he just had a discussion with the general manager about how long they can lock that quarterback in. The quarterback and the general manager that you're talking about in that scenario one year from today is who or are who? Uh, I think probably Jeff Sack moves upstairs. Okay, I think Jeff Saturday moves upstairs. I, I don't. I think poor Chris Ballard. Not poor Chris Ballard. I think Chris Ballard has been emasculated by what's what's happened this year. Uh, Jim Irsay, you know, I mean, look, everybody. I think a lot of people really have warm feelings for Jim Irsay. He's done so many great things, but I think he has messed up this season in so many ways. Um, you know. I think I think Saturday will probably probably end up in the GM role. Uh, who will be the coach? I don't know. Maybe Harbaugh. Maybe somebody else. Maybe Beanie if he can finally get, get you know break through the glass ceiling. Uh, I, I, I'm not really sure, but I don't think that Chris Ballard will be here next year. Do you believe that Chris Ballard would be relieved of his duties, or do you believe that Chris Ballard would hand in his walking papers? Well, I you know I would think that they would fire, you know, if you want to get paid, don't you generally speaking have to get fired? I mean, yes. if you just walk away, you just walk away. I mean, I've tried that and it doesn't work. They don't pay <laughs> anymore. So, so, uh, I, I think, I think they'll reach a gentleman's agreement and, uh, and move from there. I mean, you look at, you, you look at Ballard and the way he acted at the Jeff Saturday press conference. And then, and Jake, you and I spoke about this the other day, one of our late night uh, radio calls. That's right. Radio talks, our radio uh, phone phone conversations, and you know, after the game, after the Raiders game, Jim Mercy is like, everybody in here for a picture, Chris, Chris, no, Chris, you come here too, and he doesn't want anything to do with this mess. So I, I would. I would have a hard time believing that he's going to be the GM next year. It's like the boyfriend at the family Christmas of like, do we want him in the actual picture? Is he still going to be around? Put him on the edge so we can crop him out. Yeah, moving forward. Uh, Bob, a normal like sports calendar, tonight's Pacers-Lakers game would be a huge, huge storyline, but it gets lost in the shuffle with everything that's transpired in the last 72 hours or so. Um, any vibes change at all for you, Miles Turner extension related here in Indiana? We saw over the weekend 
I believe Mark Stein had this. Miles Turner's changed agencies. He's moved to CAA, kind of one of the oh, really? mega agencies out there. Usually when I see that, I think that's a man that wants to go get the bag, as the young kids say, in free agency. Um, anything changed for you on that front based off yeah. how the season's gone so far? Nothing at all. And if anything, that, that confirms that, uh, you know, I, I've been saying that he, he wants to move on. Uh, what I do not know is whether the Pacers are interested in extending him. I think uh, for the right price, they would be. He's been playing tremendous basketball um, now that he's freed up to play the five full time. Um, but I, I still think, I, I think Miles wants a bigger market. I think he would love to go back to Dallas. Um, and I don't blame him. I mean, Look, this team—they're playing well, but they're probably not—they're not going to be a contender for a long time. He wants to go someplace where they're going to contend, and I think he likes the big city. You know, he likes—he likes having people around and reporters, and he, he's into all that stuff. So I, I you know, I, I don't blame him. Go get your money, and, and who doesn't want to become a free agent? I want to become a free agent. I haven't been a free agent for a long time. I miss it. Well, trust me. I just got off a long free agency, and it's not all cracked out to me all the time. Yeah, been there, done that, Bob. But no, I yeah. Miles never been a free agent, and is what eight no. years in the NBA. So, you think that's got to be enticing to him, Bob? I thought you handled Saturday really, really well. Um, I respect that big time from that storyline and and everything that transpired there. And uh, get a nap in today because I know it'll be a late night. That it will. <laughs>